Welcome to the Divine Rebel Podcast with me, Pavitra Banavar. I'm an intuitive mentor, human design expert, and energy healer. This podcast is for the spiritual woman and entrepreneur who is ready to drop the shoulds in all aspects of life. Join me every week as we talk about all things spirituality, inclusivity, human design, and business. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today I am doing another Divinely Seen interview with Ovi Rathnayaka, who is a business coach. I believe we met a couple of months ago while we were both in the same coaching container and that's how we met and we've done an Instagram live together talking about human design and how to use human design in your business, things like that. But I wanted to have her on to talk about her work that she's doing as a business coach. So I am just going to let her introduce herself um, and tell you all what she does. Hey, Fabi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Honestly, I'm so honored to be on this podcast. So hi, everyone who's listening. My name is Ovi. I am a business coach and an offer development expert. So I help all service-based entrepreneurs, healers, guides, other coaches, service providers, done-for-you service providers, all of those type of folks to hone in on their expertise in a way that makes sense to them, like Mm -hmm. prioritizing the life that you want to live and creating your offers in a way that truly serves your clients by refining your client experience while honoring your energy. I hope I said that in a way that made sense. (laughs) Yeah, no, that was perfect. Yeah, I love that. Let me see. Okay, so yeah, so this is a question that I ask all of my guests. So when do you feel like your most rebellious? I always feel like my most rebellious. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that's strange to say. I am your classic Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. And so rebellion is like in my blood. But as you probably, I'm also the founder of a movement called the Ambitious Lazy Girl Movement. Mm-hmm. And I started that because all my life I've been called lazy for not willing to conform to the 5 a.m. club or like defining success in a certain way that's like monetary or chasing uh titles and things like that Mm -hmm. and I'm I in the same breath I'm also called talented and intelligent and so that always bugged me like why do you say that I'm talented and intelligent but you call me lazy and what I found was that this word lazy is used to describe someone who doesn't conform to the typical hustle culture or productivity norms so who doesn't prioritize productivity mm-hmm. and I don't I prioritize my well-being my happiness my joy over just being productive and doing more for the sake of doing more and so I founded this ambitious lazy girl movement because as I was speaking with a lot of online entrepreneurs I found that a lot of us are like this mm-hmm. and some of us that's who we are internally but we are afraid to really express that side of ourselves because we've been conditioned to think that if you don't follow all the strategies or if you don't wake up at 5 a.m and hustle your business is not going to succeed or you're not going to be successful in life Mm -hmm. and so 
I wanted to restrain that by saying, hey, you can be ambitious. You can know exactly what you want and go after it without subscribing to hustle culture. And that's what the movement is about. So when I'm living as my most authentic, lazy girl self, I feel like a rebel. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that is so powerful. That was actually one of the things that I was like really excited to talk to you about was this ambitious lazy girl movement that you've started mm-hmm. because I think that since I've been in this space, it's I see a lot of people talking about this idea that you don't have to hustle, that things should come easily and all of these things. But I feel like that's not really what you see so much in the space mm. because I feel like people talk about it, but then there's still this whole thing of, okay, but you need to be implementing all the things and you need to be doing all of these things all the time. And that's something I talk about a lot on here. I do episodes about that, about this idea that, okay, if you're really going to adhere to this, you don't have to hustle and all that stuff Then I'm like, then I feel like your business kind of needs to reflect that. And I feel like so many mm-hmm. people don't do that where it's like, they still are stuck in this like hustle mentality. Yeah. And it really is a challenge to get out of that. Mm -hmm. I will say that. So I'll tell you my own story. I started as a quote unquote productivity code because I was, I started my business while still at a very demanding nine to five and I was desperate to leave it. I wanted this business to work out so that I could leave. And so I found myself making the best use of the little pockets of time I had to build my business on the side. And so I was an expert on being productive and managing my time. But for me, the point with productivity coaching was always, how can we use the time you have so that you can do what you actually want. So for in my case, at that time, it was how can I use this time to build my business so I can leave? And it wasn't about doing more. Once I left, for me, it was about how do I get my things done? How do I get the things that I know needs to be done or that I want to be done well, done in a timely manner so that I can enjoy the rest of my time? And I think what a lot of productivity culture teaches is how can you just do more? How can you, you know, fit as much activity into your time as possible so that you can be like a high achiever, quote unquote. And I think you can be a high achiever, but it really depends on what are you trying to achieve? And for me, I'm trying to achieve freedom and joy. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the question we're not asking is what are we actually striving for? Yeah, I think there's because obviously freedom is like a huge word that everyone says in the space. Like whenever Mm -hmm. you ask, like, why are you here? Why are you doing this work? It's always freedom. But I think it's like about defining what that freedom looks like to you, because for some of us, it's I literally just want to get my work done so I can lay on the couch today. And for Mm -hmm. other people, it's I want to get my work done so I can travel and be out. And I think that's such a big thing, because as you were talking, I was just like, yeah, I think there is this conditioning or whatever that we've had where it's every time you finish something, it's just so you can then add something else to your plate. There's never supposed to be a moment of downtime of, oh, okay, I finished everything I needed to do today. And now I get to just relax. I feel like we've all kind of been raised in this culture of, okay, what else can I do now? And 
I think that's really where I'm seeing people move away from that where it's, no, I just want to go enjoy my life now. Like, I just want to go live mm-hmm. instead of constantly, like, adding to it. And I know, obviously, for myself as a projector, like, that's a huge thing for me is learning, oh, okay, you're only meant to work a couple of hours a day so that you can then go and do all the things that you enjoy. But getting out of that mindset is so difficult for us when we've been raised in this, like, corporate culture of you're always like meant to do more and you should never have any downtime like there should always be like you said be a high achiever so it's constantly like Mm -hmm. you're moving on to the next thing that you're supposed to achieve yeah yeah exactly and it's that like you said that corporate culture that capitalistic ideal of producing more and I say this all the time the word productivity is literally based in the verb produce so Mm -hmm. productivity for me is that's meant for machines it's the output per hour we're not (laughs) supposed to measure humans like that i feel like hopefully we're moving towards this like new way of being i talk about it like the new paradigm and moving towards that but obviously that is not going to be an overnight thing and i think that Mm -hmm. in the past year and 18 months whatever that we've been living in this new way I do think that some people have changed their mindset, but I think that I feel like, but then people now, because where things are opening back up and everything's like getting back to quote unquote normal, I think that people, it'll be interesting to see if people hang on to what they've learned in the past 18 months, or if we're like really Mm -hmm. quick to just drop that and say, okay, now we're back to normal life. So let's just get back into it. Yeah. And I think, like you said, especially in this online space, people talk about these things a lot, especially this word freedom Mm -hmm. gets thrown around so much. But it's, are we idealizing it or are we actually embodying it? And Mm -hmm. I think I've found that very few people are actually doing the work to embody it because there's so much fear because of this culture that we live in. All the examples that we see, all the stories that we see is you have to strive, you have to do the most Mm -hmm. to succeed. And that's, that's all we see. Yeah, we hear about these CEOs and billionaires who barely sleep, who wake up at 345 in the morning and have their time blocked down to the five minutes. Mm -hmm. And so when we say it's possible for you to stray away from that and be in alignment like what you teach probably with your human design or the way i say embody your ambitious lazy girl create your offers around your energy mm-hmm. in a way that serves you and that's what i help people do is prioritize yourself in your offer creation process when we say that it's like it makes sense intellectually but that embodying part that um implementing for long enough to see results part Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people are scared to go there yeah no i agree with that yeah i think that is the thing is i I don't want to say like across the board that we've this like integration or embodiment piece but i think that is what i'm finding as well in this space is like people just hear these buzzwords or like they see these concepts and they're oh that sounds great like freedom success Mm -hmm. and be lazy drop the hustle culture like all those things like they see those things but 
it's really the embodiment piece. And I know people are probably sick of hearing me talk about embodiment, but (laughs) I feel like that is what's missing is even when it comes to something like success, it's, I think that we miss the piece where it's okay, but you need to define that for yourself. Like you need to define success, freedom, all of these things for yourself, because it looks different for each person. I think just saying across the board, oh, okay, well, when I'm successful, it's like, but what does that mean to you? Because Mm -hmm. it could look drastically different between you and another person. Because for me, it could look like, I just want to be able to like go relax and not have to worry about it and just know that I have money in the bank, but it doesn't need to be an exorbitant amount. But then for someone else, it might be like, no, unless I'm making like millions of dollars, I won't consider myself successful. I think that's the piece that might be missing here is that people aren't really taking the time to define what it looks like for them. Because I'll be the first to admit, like when I came into the space, yeah, I was coming into it like for the freedom part of it. But since I've been in it, I don't find that I have as much freedom. Like, sure, I get to make my own schedule and do those things. But I won't say that, okay, you just immediately walk into it and just have freedom. So yeah, something like actually setting up your business to allow you to have that freedom is is what's so important so I guess that leads me into my next question which I guess you started talking about was so what is your process that you take your clients through in the Offer Creation Academy? Yeah so the Offer Creation Academy is my self-paced course that I've put together Mm -hmm. that takes you through the foundational material of how to create your offer. So the first thing that we do is address what does success look like to you? And what do you bring to the table? And so I start people off with this exercise that helps you categorize your expertise because we know in general what we're good at or what we want to do. Mm -hmm. But until you laid out in terms of what types of experience do you have? What types of hard and soft skills do you have? What type of knowledge do you have? You don't, you can tend to miss a lot. You don't realize how much until you really take stock of that. Mm -hmm. So we start there and we start by defining what is this, where do you come into your offer? And then we talk about, okay, who is this ideal client that you're trying to serve with this specific offer? And I think this idea of the ideal client is everyone talks about ideal clients online. Mm-hmm. But I think an important distinction is that your ideal client for every single offer is going to be different. And your ideal client is going to evolve as you. So this is a iterative process. So when you're sitting down to create one offer, who is this for? Who is this not for? And I really take you through some perspectives you may not have considered when it comes to defining your ideal client and if they are truly ideal for you at that point in time. And then we put it all together. What are you promising? And I think that is the bulk of the work, developing an actual framework for how you're going to get the person the results. Because a lot of what I see in online business education is creating an offer on that very surface level, only going as far as, okay, who is your ideal client and what do they need? But not really thinking through how am I, once I get them in the door, delivered, right? 
thinking mm -hmm. about the offer creation process only from that marketing angle, how can I sell this? And not from how can I actually deliver this once it's been sold. Mm -hmm. So in my process, we're going into this offer creation um, process, assuming that we're going to make the sale. We're not trying to convince people to buy. We're assuming that the right people, because we're going to define the right people, they are going to buy because this is right for them. So once you get them in the door, how are you showing up to deliver it? That's where we do the bulk of the work. Mm -hmm. And then we go into, okay, now that exactly what you're bringing to the table, who it's for and how you're going to make this an amazing experience for them. Now, how are you going to go on social media and talk about it so that you actually sell it? The marketing piece comes last. Mm -hmm. All of the other stuff, your energy, the defining who it's for and making sure you're equipped to deliver it in the most healthy, most nurturing, safe way without burning yourself out, that you have a process for that, that is the bulk of the work. So what is the, the difference between self-paced and then working with you one-to-one? Because -one? that's also an option, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I also offer development intensives. And I say that is for the more advanced business owner who have some experience working with clients. What I find is that you put your offer together, you start working with clients. And like I said, your ideal client changes as you grow. And that's because as you gain more experience, how you best show up, you start getting hints as to how your energy is going to be best preserved, how you're going to be best able to use your energy, mm -hmm. what types of clients bring out that energy. But then when you're at that point, a lot of people, it feels like you're back at the beginning. It feels like, wait, I've done all this work. I've done all the work of defining who my ideal client is. What? Why does it feel off now? Why do I feel misaligned? And I actually sit down and coach you through that process because one-on-one -on -one coaching is so powerful because we get to the root of what's going on. We get to the root of what do you actually want? And I think not enough people are held space for to mm -hmm. ask that question, what do I actually want? And I hold that space for you. Mm -hmm. I hold that space for you to ask yourself what you want out of your business, how you want to continue scaling it, and to give you permission, and it's not me giving you permission, it's you giving yourself permission mm -hmm. to want the things you want and restructure your business in a way that serves that. Because restructuring, refining, improving, that is a part of business. And you can be getting clients amazing results, but you may be feeling misaligned. And that's mm -hmm. where I come in and we actually sit down and we go through that one-on-one -on -one deep work of coaching and strategizing in a way that when you're at that six-figure level or it doesn't even have to be a monetary benchmark like that when you're at that point of i've worked with clients but i don't feel like this is going exactly the way i want that's where i come in and help you refine your offer and develop it even more so that you can put in the right system so you can hire the right people to continue to scale in a way that maximizes your energy. 
Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I was actually, I, th- I think I was having this conversation with someone the other day about how, I guess from what I've seen in the space, it's obviously it's about your clients, like they're the ones that are paying you, they're the ones that are coming in to work with you. But I feel like we've almost lost this sense of, okay, but what do I as the business owner want out of this? Mm-hmm. It's about your energy as well. And I feel like that almost sometimes gets lost when you're trying to just sell to somebody and you forget about, okay, can I hold the space for this? Because a lot of some things that I think about is, do I want to hold the space for somebody for three months, mm-hmm. six months? Because can I keep up that energy but I feel like sometimes you'll put yourself on the back burner because you're just like oh okay I see everyone doing this type of container this type of program I need to do the same and then you forget about yourself and I feel like maybe that's where a lot of that burnout and kind of people being like I can't sustain this in the long run is because they don't think about what can they offer and how long and all of those things because they're just worried about I just got to deliver everything to the client but it's really about like, if you can't show up, then you're really not doing anything. You're not really helping anyone. Yeah, yeah. And that's a beautiful point that you brought up, that whole three-month coaching thing, right? Like, it's such a standard thing. Oh, you get my 90-minute coaching package, and people feel like that's where you need to start. And I was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I started with trying to sell a three-month coaching package. Mm-hmm. And... It was just not successful. I was just not getting the clients. And of course, that makes sense because the manager that I am, can you imagine me trying to keep my focus on one thing for three months? I can't. (laughs) Like my energy was not in it. Like now thinking about committing on that level, because it is a commitment, right? When you're saying, I'm going to coach you for three months, I take that responsibility very seriously and I need to be in it like I need to be invested in your business if I'm going to coach you and the person that I am like who I am at my core I like to switch things up I like to have the freedom to flow and change my mind and do different things and so my energy was not in it since I switched exclusively to my 90 minute intensives it's been great because you can book them when you need them. And I'm going to make sure that when I have you on my calendar, I'm going to preserve my energy. I'm going to maximize my energy for that session so that I can show up at my most powerful self for my clients. And that Mm. gives a much better client experience. And that gives me a lot more freedom within my life and my business and so my energy is much more aligned and those sell like hotcakes because people love people love the energy that I bring to those intensives Mm -hmm. yeah and that's I think the most important thing I think as I'm seeing businesses shift and change in the space like now I think that's the thing is we've all kind of felt like oh okay business all has to look the same way like we all have to deliver Mm -hmm. something over this amount of time, like when I see people who do like 12 month programs and stuff, I'm like, okay, that that's great if you can do that. And if your clients feel like, okay, even in the, you know, 11th month, I'm still getting so much out of it. But I think that mm-hmm. kind of what happens a lot of times is that people's energy does drop off because there is that ebb and flow and everything. And I'm not saying that those containers aren't great or anything like that. But yeah, I think that what it is, 
you have to have the self-awareness of knowing, okay, my energy is amazing in those like 90 minute or, you know, whatever, four week Mm -hmm. containers and stuff. I think that we've all kind of felt like if you're not giving somebody this amount of time, that you're not giving them a transformation, which is not true at all. Like you can give someone a profound transformation in 90 minutes And you can also give them a profound transformation in 12 months. It's just about what works for you as well. Because sometimes when I look at three months and stuff, I'm like, am I still going to be in like you? Am I still going to be interested (laughs) in doing this? Am I still going to want to show up every week for these people and stuff? And so I do think that, and I say this a lot, like I do think it's about self-awareness of knowing, okay, what do I want and what can I do as well as okay, what do the clients want? Because I've been in containers Mm -hmm. and after whatever, like two months and stuff, I'm kind of like, okay, like I'm ready to move on, but like I'm in this for three Mm -hmm. months. And and if I'm saying that as the client, then I can, you know, only imagine that like the coaches as well sometimes probably are like, yeah, okay, I'm done with this, but I still have to show up. Yeah, yeah. And I think it also opens us up to this, beautiful space that we're able to create in this online entrepreneurship world where we all operate so differently. We are all so different in what we want, the skill sets that we bring to the table. So while I say I'm going to help you really get very clear on your offer, on who it's for, on how to maximize your energy, all of that, you're going to get a profound transformation from that 90 minute session with me. Mm -hmm. And also, you may want someone to check in with you and hold you accountable to implementation over a three-month or six-month period. And there there are amazing business coaches who hold that type of space. And so it allows for this, it allows us all to shine where we shine best because what I offer is a very specialized, very, it's an expert service. Mm-hmm. And then you can go and someone who has that steady energy, someone who has that ability to hold space over a long period of time can hold you accountable to implementing what you work on. with. Yeah, I love that you do it as like either one to one together or just as a self pace, because I think, yeah, I think mm-hmm. that gives people the freedom to do it in whatever way that they need. Because, yeah, you're right. Some people mm-hmm. do want you to hold their hand through it and say, OK, I just want to talk it out with you. And some people are like no, let me just work through it in my own way, in my own time and come to the the ideas, conclusions I want to come to. So I love that you offer it in both of those ways. Mm-hmm. So, And I will say that Offer Creation Academy and Offer Development Intensives are slightly different in the content as well. They are both about creating your offers, but Offer Creation Academy, it's a lot of knowledge. It's it's also very um, practical. I have a lot of implementation tools because I want you to be able to go through the course and come out the end with an offer built. Mm-hmm. But what you don't get there is that space held for you, right? That is very powerful. And I think especially as you have hit your own stride in how you run your business, if you've scaled to a certain extent, if you've worked with clients and you've grown your business, to a certain extent, then what you really need is someone to hold space for you. I think a lot of us get into this trap of 
collecting more knowledge. And I've definitely been there. The second year of my business, I can't tell you how many courses I bought because mm-hmm. I felt like I was missing something when I what I really needed was someone to hold space for me to explore my own ideas. And that's when the transformation happened. So I will say that it's very different in that sense where Offer Creation Academy is going to help you really create your offer, even if you're a very beginner, even if this is the first offer you're creating, or if you've created offers in the past, give you a different perspective on creating them. But offer development intensives, it's really a collaborative process where I am right in there with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love what you said about in your second year of business, kind of figuring out like what you needed to push yourself. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's like such an important thing that maybe people don't always take the time to figure out. I think that we do always seek more knowledge or just, and I'm guilty of it too, of okay, just buying programs or just doing things because you're like, maybe this is the answer without Mm -hmm. maybe actually stopping to ask yourself, okay, what does this next level side need? What does my next level self need? Is it time away to just figure out what it is that's coming or is it like do I need the person to hold space for me I think that we're just always jumping from like the next thing to the next thing without stopping to ask ourselves okay what exactly is it that I need and letting that come in yeah and I think that also brings me to one of these harmful sayings that we have in the coaching space that coaches need coaches. Yes, everyone could benefit from being properly coached and not all people who call themselves coaches are skilled in the actual, like coaching is a skill and not everyone has honed that skill set in a safe manner. So that is something that we can do, the ethics of coaching. But yes, everyone can benefit from a proper coaching container space held for them but do you need a coach to succeed absolutely not do you need to always be working with a coach absolutely not mm-hmm. at different points in business at different points in life you need different things and i am a very big proponent of treating adults like adults and yes. <laughs> trusting yourself which i feel like that was One of the biggest lessons I learned was to trust myself. And that's what even started me on my spiritual journey. So I push people to trust themselves and to know that you deserve to be treated as an adult and not told what you need, what you need. Yeah, no, that's a huge thing. I totally agree with that. And even that, like the saying of, oh, you have to invest in yourself in order to be successful, like those Mm -hmm. type of things where I feel like, When people say that, they're most likely talking about you need to invest in a coach in order to be successful and not maybe other modalities or something else that could also help you. Yeah, I definitely think that there is this, I don't know, this like way of thinking in the coaching industry that's okay, if you're not working with somebody, like you said, at all times, then how are you going to get to the next level when I can see it even in myself in only like a year of being in, not even a year of being in this space. It's I've definitely gone from like person to person, maybe looking for something. And now I'm coming to that conclusion of, okay, you know what? Maybe it's not in that other person that you're going to find the answers. It's really within yourself and you have people you can talk to. And I know there's this whole thing of, okay, your friends are not a coach like all these things I know there's like all these ways of thinking about it but sometimes it really is just having somebody there that you can just talk to and I find that 
I have a lot of like friends in this space who are in the same place that I'm at where I can reach out and just be like, oh, I'm feeling this kind of way today. And they might say, yeah, I'm feeling the same way or, okay, yeah, the energy is just like this right now and it's okay. And yeah, so I think there's like lots of ways that you can have support without it necessarily being a financial investment. But I also, Mm -hmm. I completely agree with you about this thing of like, we are all adults. Like I was even just thinking about this the Mm -hmm. other day where I'm like, I'm sick of treating people like they're somehow dumb and need you to hold their hand and tell them exactly, you know, what to think and what to do and all of these things because you know even social media I'm like like we all post on Instagram all the time and I'm like you know and I don't have a content strategy or anything like that like I don't post certain things on certain days I just post whatever feels good Mm -hmm. to me and I'm like I can I trust that the people who are following me who are like there for my content understand my message when I put it out And if you don't understand it, it's probably not for you and you don't resonate with it and that's fine. But I think this idea that you have to hold people's hand and walk them through something, it does make me feel like I don't want to treat somebody like they're dumb and they can't understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know? (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of these sayings that we have, you need to invest in yourself or how can you expect a client to invest in you if you're not willing to invest in yourself? That is, I don't know, I feel like that's a very harsh take. (laughs) Um, And even what you said, your friends are not your coach. They, I feel like the sentiment is based in some, it's based in like a good thought. It's based in trying to be of service, but then you hear something like that and then everyone takes it and runs with it because it's one of those, let me just be frank, it's a way to guilt people into giving you their money. Someone, how can you expect someone to invest with you if you're not willing to invest in yourself? And then right after that, you pitch your thing. Mm -hmm. That's gonna make an impact and not necessarily a good impact that's going to guilt them into spending their money with you and i think the original sentiment like how can you expect people to invest with you if you're not willing to invest in yourself i think that is a valid thing for you to start thinking about and exploring but also that comes with nuance because investing looks like different things investing can mean you invest in more self-awareness right? Investing Mm -hmm. can mean you are seeing a therapist and working through any issues that you may have, or you're on your healing process. Mm -hmm. Investing doesn't mean that you are necessarily forking over $997 for somebody's latest launch course. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like you, you think that's what you need when it's not, and then you end up back at square one and even more bitter or whatever about the fact that Mm -hmm. okay I invested in myself I did the thing that they told me to do and it never it didn't make any difference or because I think that's also the thing in this is I feel like people I hear more and more stories of people who are walking away from programs and stuff feeling like I didn't get anything out of it I didn't get what they promised me and all of those things and I feel like it's also because we as the consumer kind of don't take the time to to really think okay is this what I need in this time is this because I think we're just we're constantly like oh okay they promised that they were going to show me how to whatever get to the next income level and all those things and if you're not actually getting there then you end up 
just bitter about it and I feel like that's where it's going where there really needs to be a shift in how business is done in this space because otherwise Mm -hmm. you're just going to end up with a bunch of consumers who are all like angry at the fact that their coach didn't deliver so I think that there is this like symbiotic relationship that needs to happen where it's okay we're all being self-aware about what we need and what we're sold and what we're buying and all of that yeah and I think you know as an offer development specialist I want to address that specific scenario from both angles, from the consumer angle, as well as what's happening in the coaching space. First of all, yes, you need to learn to trust yourself. And that's not easy to do, especially when you're in this online space. Because even people who say we're not into fear-based marketing, use fear-based marketing. Mm -hmm. That's just the truth of it. A lot of this, and for me, the fear-based marketing is really about what state, what emotional state are you putting the consumer in? And if the consumer is so overwhelmed to the point where you are feeling like, I'm missing something, I don't know what I need. If I don't buy this course that, you know, is only open for a week, I'm going to miss out. And I need this because this person is telling me that this is the secret that I've been missing all along. That is fear-based marketing. Because mm-hmm. you're putting the consumer in a place of, if I miss this, I'm not going to get the chance again. If I miss this, like I'm really missing something that I don't already have within myself. And so as a consumer, the way that I learned for myself to trust my own gut in what I need is to tune out a lot of those marketing messages. And it's hard when you're in this online space and we're all, we're, marketing and so we want to be part of the community and we want to engage but engaging mindfully engaging on your own terms is a skill that I think a lot of us should master so that you are not making decisions based out of fear Mm -hmm. so that's the consumer side of it on the coaching side and this goes back to what I said earlier where a lot of offer creation is done solely from a marketing angle, people are not thinking about what is the framework. Is the framework in line with who I'm delivering this for? Do I have the right modalities, the right types of support, the right types of, because everyone has different learning styles, everyone has different support needs, there are different accountability styles. Have you taken those into account depending on what the container is? I can tell you right now, most coaches have not. Saying, I know this or this worked for me and they're putting out a course or they're putting out a group program or even one-on-one coaching based on the fact that it worked for them and maybe a few others like them. Mm-hmm. And they're not thinking on that holistic level, hey, when I'm selling this on this grand scale and I'm promising these results, I need to have an actual framework back process. I need to have systems in place to deliver this result to a variety of different. So this client experience, and I talk a little bit about automation and systematizing for the sake of delivering your client experience in a way that it makes the client feel absolutely supported, but it's not burning you out. That's where systems comes in for me. Mm -hmm. But having those things in place and 
doing that mindfully and intentionally, right? Do you need a co-coach? Do you need to bring in guest speakers for some things? Are there topics that you need to provide additional resources for? These are all things that we talk through on offer development intensives because they all play a role in how well you're able to deliver results to a variety of different clients. Because you can get clear on your ideal client. You can have an, you can have a beautiful ideal client avatar, mm-hmm. but when it comes to those other things like learning styles, accountability styles, how you are actually equipping yourself to hold space. Like what I said before, what we both discussed, Pavi, about are you making this a three-month program because you feel like you have to, or are you actually able to hold space for three months? Mm -hmm. Asking those questions is absolutely critical to your clients getting a good result for your clients not walking away feeling like they were ripped off. And not many people are doing that. Yeah, no, I agree. I yeah, I love what you said too about are you bringing in like a co coach or guest speakers or something? Because I feel like Mm -hmm. I do see more people moving towards that. And I have seen more programs that have that element. But I feel like there's almost this sense of like, oh, I have to be like the leader of everything I have to like know Mm -hmm. everything be able to teach everything especially because I see a lot of people especially being in the human design world it's I see so many people who want to use human design and everyone thinks that they are like the expert which I'm not saying that they don't know it but at the same Mm -hmm. time there is like something to be said for like bringing in someone who maybe has studied it more extensively and can actually help your clients with it instead of it just being Mm -hmm. like okay, I'll just give you my basic knowledge of it and hope that's like enough where I feel like, yeah, I I really appreciate when people say, okay, you know what? I don't know every aspect of of business or everything I need to know, but this person does and I can bring them in. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the way that we need to go is like more towards like collaborations and things where it's like, let's all be able to use our knowledge and our expertise without it feeling like, oh my God, if I don't know everything, then like I can't help my clients. Absolutely. And I've thought about this too. It's funny that you brought that up because right now I don't do any group programs. I don't feel like my energy in the stage of life that I am at right now Mm -hmm. is suited for me holding space for a group. And so I don't do that. And that also as a tangent, like if what I see is a lot of people who are at the same stage of business that I am in, they feel like a group program is the next natural step. And so they put it out. And I'm saying, I'm choosing not to do it. It's been suggested to me, do you want to do a group program? And I say, no, my energy is not there right now. Mm -hmm. The way I was going with that is if I were to do one, what I know is I I have an extensive background. I have a 10-year career and a degree in business. I have operated within so many spaces of service design, delivery, business operations, strategy. Mm -hmm. And so I know that is the skill set that I bring. I know that I'm really good at offer development. I know I'm really good at business strategy. But what I also know is that in order for you to be successful, especially in this online space, as someone who came into business to create your own path through the power that we have in our hands with social media and things like that, you also need to have Mm self-awareness. 
you need to work on your mindset. And you also need to understand how marketing works. And for me, I am really great at business strategy and all of the back end business things. But marketing, my knowledge of marketing is not as extensive as I would want someone walking away from my program if I was to do a group program to have. So I know I would bring in maybe like a human design or spiritual business coach to do a guest session. I know I would bring in a mindset coach to do a guest session. Mm-hmm. I know I would bring in a professional marketer to teach that side of things because I know what I know and I also am aware of what skill sets I'm missing. And I feel like that's where when we go through your expertise inventory in of a creation academy you will also see things like that what am i really good at and a lot of the time the feedback that i get from clients is wow i didn't realize how much i was short selling myself because i didn't realize i knew all these things mm-hmm. but you will also realize hey these are the gaps and when we work especially when we work one on one to see exactly what do your clients need to experience the transformation that you're desiring to give them then we can point, pinpoint what are those gaps where you can bring in a guest coach or a co-coach or where you can maybe um, find some resources that maybe you send your clients some books to expand their knowledge on a certain subject matter where you know that's not your expertise but you realize that it's important to their transformation we can pinpoint all of that by working through this process yeah i love that Yeah. And I love that idea of just obviously taking your clients through that exercise of what are you good at and what are you maybe lacking in, or I guess I don't want to say lacking, but yeah, but yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Because I think that we as women, especially, I think that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be perfect in everything and to like be able to deliver on everything. And it's okay if you're like, okay, yeah, this is not my zone of genius. This is not something that interest me or that I necessarily I don't necessarily consider myself like really great at like the strategy side of business it's not something that necessarily Mm -hmm. interests me and it's okay but I think that in this space we feel like oh I should be good at every single thing when Mm -hmm. that's just not possible it's not possible and it's really not necessary this idea that it's necessary Mm -hmm. is a very it's an idea that's been pushed on us because as women we've been trying to survive in this capitalistic, these corporate environments mm-hmm. where we have to prove ourselves 10 times more for promotions to be taken seriously and all of that. And so this idea that we have to know it all is just this conditioning. And if you are in your own business and you got into your own business because for we all get into this for a multitude of different reasons but if any of your reasons are aligned with i want to do this my own way so let's really start doing it our own way let's start shedding these different conditioning that tell us that we have to know it all because you don't and i know we love to say in this space sisterhood over competition or collaboration over competition Mm. let's again let's actually embody that yeah Exactly. No, I love that. All right, let's kind of shift gears a little bit and talk Mm -hmm. about, I'd love to know what has been your experience as a woman of color in this online entrepreneurial? So it's interesting because when I first got into the space, I honestly didn't know 
I don't think I knew any online entrepreneurs who were women of color. Mm-hmm. I the what even gave me this confidence that I could do it was I knew I've told you this before, Pavi, how I got into the space. I wanted to um, become an online entrepreneur. The idea was um, planted in me because I watched the YouTube beauty gurus since mm-hmm. that whole phenomenon started in 2008 I've been following them and I've always wanted to be a YouTuber mm-hmm. and so even though by the time I actually went for it and took the action that's not the direction I ended up going in it was two specific women two specific Indian women that I have been following for years who are beauty gurus who even gave me this confidence that hey if they're doing it if they have an online business if they're succeeding in a space as competitive as the beauty niche Mm -hmm. then I could do it too I could actually have an online business Mm -hmm. but other than that within the space that I came into personal development business you know coaching I didn't see any women of color in the beginning and so there was a the back of my mind as we go through life like we've all faced microaggressions and things like that and even overt racism it did occur to me that maybe the reason that I'm not succeeding as fast as all these people are saying that they are Mm -hmm. is maybe because I'm visibly a woman of color but I kept pushing through because there was you know no space for me to even validate my feelings that hey it's okay to feel like this but here's also what we can do about it I didn't have that space and I realized that maybe I even wasn't looking for that space because I we are taught to brush those feelings aside no that can't be it and that's what I kept doing to myself and then last year with the very unfortunate events that happened last summer with the murder of George Floyd and the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement and how that translated to the online space with more women of color speaking up and taking up space and saying, let's build our own communities. There were some amazing communities that came about as part of that, as part of that movement that happened in the summer. Mm. And so I joined these spaces and I felt so seen and so heard that oh, wow, like, I'm not the only one who's felt like this. And hey, it's actually valid that we do get overlooked sometimes because of the color of our skin, because of our accents and all of that. Mm. And that's where the shift happened for me. Like, just having that validation allowed me to move past it. Hey, yes, it's true. But also, here's what I can do. And also selling to more women of color, connecting with more women of color, working together, doing these collaborations. All of that came about as a result of the communities that started happening last summer. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I definitely I wasn't, I guess, in this like online space at that time. Like I definitely was watching certain things and seeing Mm -hmm. people come out more and especially like podcasts I would listen to. I felt like everybody was doing their like episode and I hate to say it like that but that's definitely what I noticed was like people were doing their episodes with their like one black friend to come on and talk about and then it was like and then it just disappeared and then it just disappeared and you were like oh okay I guess we're not talking about it anymore 
which is why mm-hmm. when I came into the space, I was like, I was very conscious of the fact that it's, there aren't that many women of color. And obviously, I've met mm-hmm. so many women of color, like through my own experiences, and I've loved all the conversations and just seeing like how all of our experiences are very similar in this space. But yeah, I think that, you know, what you said about like, you not being able to like really voice what you were feeling, I think has mm-hmm. been such a big part of my experience as well. And I obviously talk about it with like other women of color in this space where I'm like, oh yeah, did you notice that like this person can say certain things and get away with it mm-hmm. where like women of color can't and things like that. And it's so, it, it helps to have other women of color that you can say those things too and not have them immediately be like, no, like you're reading too much into it and all of that stuff because that is our experience like from whenever you were young or anything it's like that's been our experience is if you actually put a voice to it all of a sudden you become the person who's like too sensitive and all of those Mm -hmm. things and so I will say just being in this space in the time that I've been here it's yeah I've definitely appreciated having other women of color to not only look up to as okay you've been here longer and you've you're doing the work but also just as people that I can talk to about the things that I see and not have them be oh like you're just blowing it out of proportion that's not what's happening yeah so Mm -hmm. that's really been helpful for me Mm -hmm. so um, yeah for sure mm -hmm. this um sense of community that I think we've built over the last year has been really such a catalyst for growth for so many of us and I see that Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah I definitely think that, I don't know, I won't say that we need to be sitting and like having conversations about it every day or anything, but yeah, I definitely think there could be more conversations had Mm -hmm. around race or any of these things, like just being women of color. But I definitely think that people are becoming more outspoken in this space, which definitely helps because I feel like most of the time when I say something, it's if I'm saying something, I'm always a little bit like scared to put it out there because I don't Mm -hmm. want it to seem like I'm like whatever being aggressive or saying things in a way that's oh I'm talking about white people all these things because that's something that we've become really aware of like throughout our lives is okay if you're going to be saying it it's you have to like expect the backlash or whatever but I do Mm -hmm. think people in general maybe because it's like more a spiritual place and all this stuff like I do feel like people are more open to hearing those things but I definitely think there will be more change as time goes on I think people will like really begin to make more changes in the space as we go on i can already see it's changing now yeah yeah like not to bring it back to business and offer creation per se but Mm -hmm. what i have also done in that respect is really thinking about who is my ideal client Mm -hmm. and for someone to be ideal to work with me they have to have the same values as me Mm -hmm. and so even the white clients that I have, they're not going to be triggered or they're not going to feel a different type of way by me speaking out. And so that's given me more more courage to just speak out. And now I just say whatever is on my mind, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I will call out how I, right. how I can get on my lives and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I will say it because I know I'm not meant to work with everyone. And the people that I actually want to work with will resonate with all of that. And Mm -hmm. I've seen that because I do have a good balance of clients who are women of color and clients who are white women. And the only white women who end up working with me are true allies. And that is very important to me. 
Yeah. And I know that because I say shit and mm. they hang around. They're still around. Yeah. So. No, I completely agree with that. Yeah, because that's definitely one of my values as well is, okay, inclusivity mm. is huge because yeah I'm not gonna say oh I'll never work with white women or anything like that but yeah I agree but if you're gonna be in my space it's yeah I'm probably gonna point out some stuff that maybe you haven't seen before or maybe you've noticed but you've never wanted to say it like but I will probably like just put it out there because that's just how I am mm-hmm. like and, and most of the time yeah like actually I've never really had anyone unless they leave of their own accord later but like I've never had anyone really in the moment say like anything to me about oh that's like not that's mm-hmm. crazy or whatever because it's like yeah I'm just pointing out to you what's already there like you you're probably yeah. deep down already knew that there was something wrong with what you're seeing I'm just putting a voice to it yeah you know yeah absolutely yeah and i think speaking from a practical point but also from an energetic point it's also like the energy that we set for our space and i think in the way that and i can only speak for myself in the way that i communicate i think it's very clear hey if you don't agree take yourself out and i've lost followers but no one ever says anything to me because And I think it's because they know that I wouldn't be receptive to you arguing whether racism is. If you don't like it, leave. That's fine. But I'm still going to say what I have to say. And I think that energy is very clear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a huge thing is, yeah, if you are making sure that your energy is clear and you're like, okay, I am only here for these things I'm not going to stand for anything else because I've had the same experience I've never had anyone Mm -hmm. come into my space and disrespect me or say anything not I don't feel like on a daily basis I'm out here like saying Mm -hmm. like all these things but yeah but you should really know better like in this space because just clearly from the work that I do and the fact that I have a series like this on my podcast that is exclusively for women of color Mm -hmm. or just BIPOC people I'm like yeah I clearly you know where I stand and I agree with you I think that sure if you remove yourself quietly fine but there just doesn't need to be there's lots of things that I want to like debate about and and have conversations about in this space but yeah I think just that is one thing that I feel like a lot of us have drawn the line of okay you do not get to come into my space and have these conversations like I'm just not here for that so yeah yeah I totally respect that but okay last question this one might be a big one (laughs) what lessons have you learned from entrepreneurship Oh, wow. <laughs> that is Yeah, we're going one. out on a bang here. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're going there. The biggest one, like I think I've reiterated a few times throughout the episode, is trusting myself. And I think, I feel like I can even say that is a big lesson for a lot of women to learn. Mm. Yeah. And for me, especially, and I can only speak for myself, I... It's been like a lifelong journey of learning to trust myself and entrepreneurship really threw me in the deep end with that because I thought I knew how to trust myself. And then there was all this being swayed by all the marketing messages. Do you know, I came into the space, like I said, with a 10 year career behind me of Mm -hmm. business strategy, operations, all of that. And for almost the first year, I was afraid to call myself a business coach. I started as a productivity coach Mm -hmm. and with my first set of clients, yes, I was teaching them how to manage their energy and time, but it was for the sake of building their businesses. And so I was helping them 
with building their businesses and they were getting results. And even then, I knew what I was doing was business coaching, but I felt like, oh, I'm not qualified to call myself a business coach. Mm. And it took me, I kid you not, a year and a half almost into business to one day wake up and realize, hey, Obi, you have a 10-year career in doing this stuff for a Fortune 50 multi-billion dollar corporation. Why are you so hesitant to call yourself a business coach? Yeah. (laughs) That hit me like a ton of bricks when I realized that. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, where it started. Okay, I'm safe to trust myself. And especially in the last few months, I know you know this probably because I've worked with you. I remember one of the first readings I had with you. I don't remember if it was the human design one or the Akashic Records reading that you did for me. But I think it was multiple readings. And I know it was also in a card reading that I had with someone else. Mm -hmm. The message that kept coming up in February, and this is what, like five six months ago now, the message that kept coming up was trust yourself, trust you. And nothing else would come up until I learned that lesson. And since then, since I truly started leaning into trusting myself, the messages have been evolving and growing. And I feel like I've accelerated (laughs) the path that I was on Mm -hmm. by so much that I couldn't even have imagined. But I needed to learn that lesson. I needed to learn to trust my own voice before I could move on to anything else in my spiritual journey, in my business or anything else. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, I think that's a message I think that's been coming up a lot, just like for the collective lately. I know know it. Yeah, I know it definitely was coming up for you a lot because I know you were questioning what direction you were going in and what Mm -hmm. you wanted to do next and everything. But yeah, I think that's a message that's been coming up a lot because I think that especially women in the space, I know I mostly work with women. It's I think that we really have gone away from this thing of I do have all the answers within me. Like we like you said, when you first come into the online space and there's so much noise, so many people. I know it's not just in the online space, I think in general, but obviously as entrepreneurs in the space, it's like you come in and all of a sudden, like you said, you question everything. Like you had been doing this as a job that someone had literally been paying you to do because you had the degree, you had the expertise, you were doing it and you were just going about your life. And then all of a sudden you come into this space and you're like, oh, am I good enough? Am mm-hmm. I actually considered a business coach? And that happens a lot. Like Even for me, that happens as a healer where it's OK, I'm a nurse and I clearly like work as a nurse, but then. I come into this space and I'm like, am I a healer? Am I capable? Am I doing? And I think that just happens because you're just seeing all these other people doing it. And you're like, I don't know. It's I guess it's imposter syndrome or whatever you want to call it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it really does all come back to just trusting yourself and just knowing, okay, if I have, like you said, like you're on your spiritual journey right now, like maybe going through your spiritual awakening. And it's, I think just coming to that place of, okay, but I can trust my guides, my higher self, God, whatever you want to call it. I can trust that if I have a question, if some, if I feel like I'm on the wrong path, I can always ask. And it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be that you go ask the coach or the reader or whatever. Like you can literally mm-hmm. just ask yourself. And I think that we tend to forget that in the space because it's like look to other people, which I have no problem like going to get readings and stuff. I actually feel, and this might be wrong, but I, I feel like I get more out of readings that I get from people than even from Mm. the coaches and stuff, because I feel like that guidance sometimes 
actually puts me on the right path or just lets me know, okay, you're on the right path, but maybe go this way. And I feel Mm -hmm. like getting that guidance sometimes is like more powerful to me than working with a coach and all that. But that's for (laughs) that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) But yeah, I, I totally agree. I think this idea of trusting yourself has been coming up a lot for everyone. And I'm so glad that you finally were like, okay, you know what, that is what I need to do. Yeah. So yeah, that's been the biggest lesson. And that's been the biggest catalyst for growth as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's the lesson that you've learned over I think the entrepreneurship in general, like, I think everyone says it is like, the biggest, what is it the biggest like personal development journey? Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I definitely feel like coming into the space, I had no idea what to expect. And it's been a ride already. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad that I did come into it in this time where I think that more people are talking about trusting yourself and trusting your intuition. And that's helped me to get back on my own path. So yeah, I love that. So yeah, this has been an amazing conversation. I'm I'm just like, I loved everywhere that this conversation went. So (laughs) Me too. It was such a good conversation. I love it. So why don't you, can you just let everyone know where they can find you and anything that you're currently working on or where they can find your, your programs and things like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm at life with Ovi everywhere. I'm on Instagram most of the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you can find me at life with Ovi and on my website, lifewithov.com, you can see all of the programs. So the things that I mainly focus on are my offer development intensives, which are the primary one-on-one container that you can work with me in. Mm -hmm. And then Offer Creation Academy is always there. I didn't want to do constricted, like you get it for one week and then you miss out type of things. Mm -hmm. When you are ready for Offer Creation Academy, it is there for you. Go explore the sales page, send me a message if you have any questions. I'm always down to chat. And I think if you've listened throughout this whole episode, you probably understood that I'm not a pushy salesperson. I don't try to convince you that you need my stuff. I treat you as an adult. (laughs) So (laughs) I think if offer creation, offer development is what you need to focus on right now, based on everything that you've heard me talk about, the importance of client experience, the importance of creating your offers in a way that serves your energy and your clients, all of that, if that resonated with you, both of those containers are available to you. Offer development intensives, I only take a set number of clients per month, and that depends on my schedule and my energy. Mm-hmm. So it is first come, first serve, but Offer Creation Academy is always there for you to dive into. Nice. And you also have your ambitious lazy girl. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. And <laughs> thank you for bringing that yeah. <laughs> up. <laughs> so the ambitious lazy girl is a movement that I started to encourage you to question the hustle culture, to question productivity norms, really embrace your joy, your freedom, whatever that looks like to you, your your desire to just be, to just be human. And so there is a separate Instagram account for that. It is at, at the ambitious lazy girl. And so you can follow me there. I was on a bit of a hiatus because as I don't know, Pavi, if you mentioned that in the episode of when we were <laughs> chatting before, but I was getting back to social life. I had a lot of social commitment commitments in June. So I put that account on hold, but we're 
diving right back into it in July. I'm going to be sharing a lot of different um, resources, a lot of different ideas about what it truly means to embody your ambitious lazy girl and to live your life as the ambitious lazy girl, to run your business as the ambitious lazy girl. So there's going to be a lot coming as well as the merch store finally launching this Nice. Yay. Okay. I'm excited to see all the, the things going on. Yeah. Yeah. I loved seeing all your vacations. She went to the beach. She did all the things. So yeah. I was jealous. <laughs> I was living vicariously through Ovi. But but yeah, I will put all of your information in the description below for the episode so you can go follow her and go check out all of the programs. But yeah, this was an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And honestly, thank you for the work that you do. I feel I want to hype you up here too, because honestly, working with you, diving into my human design, getting that Akashic record reading, like all of that really was, all of that happened at the beginning of when I just fully decided to commit to trusting myself and commit to embodying my lazy girls Mm. and so those things definitely helped me as well so i really want to shout you out for the work that you do for this podcast which is always amazing and for having me on thank you so much thank you so much yeah i loved working with you and loved seeing your like journey from where you started when we were working together with your human design to like messages that were coming in with your akashic records i feel like you've definitely Mm been on an amazing journey already this year so I can't wait to see what else comes out but thank you so much I love connecting with obviously other BIPOC women but just in general just other women who just seeing their journeys and seeing like the work that they're doing and just being able to support you guys is amazing so thank you so much but Mm -hmm. on that note guys I will catch you all on a future episode I'm sure probably in next week or I don't know whenever I feel called I guess (laughs) I'm I'm doing a new thing now where I just record when I feel called to it so (laughs) it's always a surprise but thank you again for tuning in to this divinely seen interview and I will catch you all in a future episode Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at flowinshakti. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.